Welcome to the Not Salty Podcast. I am your host, John Bell. And as always, I am joined by my friends and co-host, Mike Fenton and Kristen Skeevers. In this episode, we interview one of our favorite people. He's sometimes known as the sweetest man at Deep Creek Lake. He's also the maker of the best vanilla ice cream in the world. He's the founder of the Lakeside Creamery, our friend, the locally famous Bill Mayer. In this episode, we find out how Bill discovered Deep Creek Lake. We learned how he developed his love for ice cream, and he also found a way to keep his business growing while raising a family in an area he loved. If you've heard the rumors of how he got started, stay tuned. The truth is more interesting than the rumors. And here we go. Welcome to episode number seven. Mike, did you have a good day? Sure did. It was freezing this morning. It was cold this morning, and then it warmed up in the afternoon with the sun coming out. I went and looked at a house this morning, and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting you. situation. That's yeah. a great oh. story. <laughs> yes, thank you for going wow. to your coverage for me there. Uh, no, I, I, I know where he's heading for that. That'll be oh. a different podcast. Different podcast. Uh, new listing. Uh, we're going to have to uh, do some work on that one first. Oh, we'll get yeah. it done. It's in a cool location. Great it did lot. warm up though. It was like forty sure degrees did. this yeah, afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, they've been blowing snow all day. Like at the oh. whist, they've been blowing snow. Every time I rode past today, they they were lighting up the guns. Yep. Yeah. Super exciting. So episode seven, we're sitting here with our friend uh Bill Mayer. Otherwise Billiam. Welcome. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. So uh before we get into all the cool stuff you've done at Deep Creek over the years, uh do you still go by Bill or William? What do you go by? I go by Bill, although my family likes to call me Billy. So it's nothing like being a 6'2", 210-pound Billy. <laughs> that's <laughs> my, that's, you literally just described my uncle, and his name's also Billy. Can we start calling you Billy? Yep. Go right. anything you want. <laughs> Terms so, of endearment. What's up, Bill? Thanks for coming. Always um, so take us back through, I was trying to, uh, gosh, I've known you forever, and I was trying to think about your family's history at Deep Creek. And uh, uh, let's start here. So way back in the beginning, you met your wife, fell in love, got married, and her family owned a piece of property on the lake, and you turned it into an ice cream shop? That is one of the rumors. Actually, Oh, it's not true? That's no, not legit? None of that's true. This oh. podcast is going to work. Let's, let's hear the real story. You're going to love okay. this. So right. I, I heard this rumor about 15 years after I was here. And the county administrator and one of the economic development people said, we heard the reason why you've been in Garrett County in Deep Creek is that your wife is the heiress to the Seagram's fortune. Well, who's the Seagram's? Like Seagram's I'm, ginger ale? No, Seagram's oh. whiskey. Oh, and seven, I, seven, right? Right, yeah, Seagram, Seagram, yeah. Seagram. And I went... Is that what we're drinking right now? Exactly. Because <laughs> it's sponsored by Seagram's. <laughs> and I said, really? I said, yeah, because no one knew where you got all your money from. And I said, well, I didn't come from money, and I didn't get any. So I called my, hus- my wife's father up, and I said, where's the dowry? <laughs> I've married your daughter. I've given you two grandsons. Where's the money? And she goes, what the heck are you talking about? He goes, I work for the phone company. I was a linesman and worked at AT&T. Well, the rumor was that she lived in Elkridge, which is where the Seagram's factory was. Okay. So somehow somebody put together that this little kid couldn't come up here, open an ice cream business and run a successful business. Someone had to give him the money. 
Well, so you were young, right? Like when you opened the ice cream shop? 17. Okay, 17 years <gasps> old, you opened a business. No, that's what everyone says. That, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, well, whatever. I was like, wow. I mean, if you're, an, if you're married to an heiress, right? <laughs> but, I mean, everyone thought this. So it was kind of funny. I was like, where, how could this rumor? So we dug a little deeper, and turns out her maiden name, Kathy's maiden name, was Farley. And there was a Farley in the Seagram's family. Uh, so they assume that's where the money came from. Somebody really did their research on they this. They did, or they didn't. Or One they, of the yeah. two. <laughs> so, so unfortunately, the story's much more boring. It's like I had nothing. I came with nothing. I didn't even know Deep Creek existed before I opened the Creamery. Well, how did you find it? Okay, so we all know where the Creamery is. Did you come up with the idea of the Creamery first, or did you find the piece of land first and try to decide what to do with it? Great, great question. So, growing up, my grandmother would get frustrated with me because I would eat ice cream for breakfast. So I grew awesome. up eating ice cream all the time. And we didn't have chocolate syrup. I used Mrs. Butterworth. I put maple syrup on top of it. And so it's always been a passion of mine. My kids are listening and they are not allowed to do that. <laughs> Natalie and Molly, you are not allowed to do that. Until mom and dad leave. <laughs> so my dream had always been to open an ice cream business. Uh, my first non-farm job was working at a, a, a defranchised Dairy Queen. And I was 14 years old and it was the best job ever. And I was the worst employee ever because I remember this little boy came up, couldn't be more than five or six. And he goes, chocolate. And I was like, so I give him a small chocolate cone. It must have been a foot tall. <laughs> and I gave it to this boy and it was like his best Christmas present. He made his day. Totally. That's his, awesome. Five minutes later, he comes back covered in chocolate and just goes, napkins? <laughs> <laughs> And so I like to make people happy. Yeah. That, that's my number one thing. And um, so I started researching it and I went to college and I worked up on Cape Cod. I was running an aquatics camp for kids and there was an ice cream place there called Four Seas Ice Cream and it's right near Hyannis. And this is how good their ice cream was. I'm in college and I'm spending beer money. Ice cream. Wow. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. So not even beer flavored. Well, now they have alcoholic <laughs> ice cream. And, and they have beer flavored ice cream oh, yeah. and alcoholic Ooh. ice cream flavored beer. Ooh. Are you going to start selling alcoholic ice cream? No. <laughs> oh. not, not, not out the front door. <laughs> you can have two straws. This is a speakeasy <laughs> operation. So you, you, you went to college. You said, hey, you were growing up and you're like, I want to make ice cream. I like ice cream that much. It's what I want to do. You went to college and learned how to make ice cream and run a business in college. That's what you studied? No. So uh, my degree is in child psychology, elementary education, and business. That probably comes in really handy with an ice cream store. <laughs> Children of all ages. Yes, okay. All right. No, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of like you. You know, I knew that I wanted to do something, yeah. but I didn't know what it was. And when I was up there, I realized that the four C's, the guy that owned it, was a teacher. So I was like, wait a minute. He teaches during the year, and then the uh, summer, cool. he opened up his own ice cream place, and he made homemade ice cream. And I went, wow, this could be a great, a great fit for me. I could teach and open up an ice cream business. Cool. And then you found Deep Creek after that? or you? So then, I, then, then the kind of seed was planted, and I started researching it. So I interviewed about 250 to 300 ice cream entrepreneurs over the next couple of years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Good for you. What a great, I mean... You no, did, seriously, that's amazing. Did you yeah. take no? How did you find them? Were you just driving around in your car and you just pulled over? One hundred percent. I'm like, oh, homemade ice cream place, or not even homemade. So I'd have a little, you know, the little black book that you'd like make notes in, and I'd go in and I'd say, what did they do well? What they didn't do well? I'd interview their staff. 
you know, never the owners, because owners will never give you anything. Like, sure. Oh, it's, right. it's sunshine and roses. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or they won't tell you anything. Exactly. Like, no, we put, uh, the, they're not going to tell you what the ingredients in their ice cream are. Yeah. We put, oh, you know, yeah. And so the, the staff, though, I'd be like, oh, is it busy here? They're like, oh, yeah, it'd be busy tonight. We did like 35 tubs of ice cream. So they may not tell you the dollar amount, but you could figure you it out. Figure you could reverse engineer Sidetrack that, yeah. You know, and so, but it was great. And you got to try stuff they did well, things they didn't do well. And, you know, I just kept notes and I kept fine-tuning what I wanted. This is during or after college? This was kind of the, my senior year and then the first couple of years after college. So what, not to date you, know, what year, for, what, this was before the internet. Like you would physically drive, or when the internet was just starting to take up, you would physically drive around and find ice cream shops and go in and interview the employees. Yeah. And, and, and the owners. I mean, that's dedication. That, that, I, I got to ask, how far yeah. did you go? Because I knew an ice cream Nowadays entrepreneur. Nowadays it'd be an email. <laughs> I did. No, I'm serious. We called him, we called him Irish Joe and he was off the boat from Ireland and he's, I mean, Shouldn't I Shouldn't he make know. gelato? No, no, he. That's he, Italian. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, but he uh, he collected golf clubs, like vintage golf clubs. But he made his. He moved here to sell ice cream. That's he moved to the states. That's what he did here. So I didn't know how uh, far did you make it to Philadelphia area? Oh, all chance? over, all over. I mean, from New England to Florida to California, anywhere there was ice cream. I mean, I, I studied in Italy too, so I went to to Roma, Frenzy, you know, all through there to learn their art as well. So you don't remember an Irish Joe? Not, <laughs> I mean, out of 350 people, that's, you know. See, see being a good Mick, you know, I'm Irish too. So yeah, Ireland yeah. is not known for our ice cream. We're known, <laughs> we're known for our Guinness and our whiskey. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> now, I have done an Irish cream ice cream, which is off the Ooh, hook. That sounds great. I love yeah. Irish cream. To date, what's your best seller? What's the best ice, what, what's your best seller at the store? So, ironically, vanilla is still the number one no seller. No way, for real. So, when we, yeah. Because you put toppings sense. and stuff I'm really on glad no, that, I'm really people glad that you brought vanilla, this up though. because after he gives his answer, I'm going to give my answer because it's a discontinued flavor. Well, see, I, I don't order vanilla. I don't know why. Like, uh, I always order the cool stuff you have. Like, well, that's just my personality. I want to hear how you wound up at Deep Creek Lake. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so, long, right, so I'll go, I'll go Thanks, back Mike. to the vanilla, uh, the, why vanilla is, because it's kind of part of how we grew yeah and i could tell you why it's that flavor so one of the things i wanted to be was a tradition i didn't want to go and just be another ice cream shop in another place in another town i wanted to be a place where people would come and bring their kids and their kids would bring their kids congratulations it worked well you, you've thanks. been successful well that was, great. That, that was my number one thing so i didn't want to go to compete with somebody else like i grew up going to ocean city maryland i used to work there I used to work for secrets work for Leighton moore there i drove the trains on the boardwalk by osmosis, I could make more money being in Ocean City. Just because we influx 10,000 to 15,000 in Deep Creek, they influx 300 to yeah. half a million every week. Right. But I didn't want to be that. And so I started looking for short, you know, actually I was looking at short points. I'd never been to Deep Creek before I came here. Wow. Um, I drove through on the, K the Canaan Valley once at night. And the only thing I remember is going across the bridge and seeing red and green lights and then... Some really bright lights, which turned out to be Arrowhead, oh. <laughs> right? And then another hour A later, beacon calling right. you home, and that was it. And then like darkness for the next like, hour. Where am I? Totally. I'm like, if I this break, would be a great place for an ice cream store. <laughs> but it was at night, so I'd never even I'd even know there was you a lake. Didn't even know there was a lake. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I drove over a bridge. I, don't know. I think it's next to a corn. There's a bridge on a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at Duck, North Carolina. So this is '94. Right. So 1994, I was looking at Duck, North Carolina. There was no homemade ice cream there. I was actually looking at um, Dewey Beach. Okay. Um, and Dewey didn't have um, any homemade ice cream. They had a Ben and Jerry's and they had a Dairy Queen. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. It's close to home. And at the time, both my grandparents 
father's had Alzheimer's and I wanted to be able to get home. So I kind of limited my geography to those, you know, somewhere I could drive home in three hours. And my wife, a girlfriend at the time had knee surgery and she said, let's go for a drive. I went, okay, where do you want to go? She goes, I don't know. I go, how about we look at Deep Creek Lake? And she goes, where? I go, I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, this was in November because, you know, November. It's a little here, past Hagerstown. I think we just go through there. Yeah, just go west. It's Western Maryland. <laughs> so Fred, Frederick. <laughs> yeah, that's, I hear that a lot. And, and so we came out here in November for my first visit. Wow. No leaves, no trees, you know, nothing. There was nobody. It was mud everywhere. I had no clue. I legitimately thought your wife's family owned that piece of land. <laughs> that, that's been the rumor here for years. I, I thought that was the truth. Yeah. No, no. So when we got here, um, the first person I met was Sis Raley. She okay. was in your old building, the little shack. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, she had no time for me. She goes, here are 10 keys. Go drive around and... You know, go look at buildings by yourself. This was 1995? Not yet. N- November of 94. She was busy. Yeah. Those <laughs> were busy times. Well, I'm young now, but imagine 28 years ago, this little kid pulls up in an RX-7 convertible. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, oh, you're going to open a business? Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> and, and I didn't tell anyone what it was. I told everyone it's going to be a sandwich shop. Okay. Ooh. So we're driving around and... Right, well, nifty. Well, you don't want to give up the juice, Honestly, right? Yeah, <laughs> Knowing the Democrat, good, good decision. Right? Somebody right. might have copied you. It's, right. a, it's a great decision. Well, because the first year I was open, everyone came came in and said, "I was going to do this. You stole my idea. Yeah, I was going to do this. You stole my idea." It's like, amazing how that always happens right after you did it. <laughs> <laughs> the lake's been here for a hundred years, and oh, you decided to make an ice cream store yesterday. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so we're driving around and. Smiley had the Ford at the time, and okay. and um, where the bumper boats was was a lot for sale for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on the side of the hill. I went, yeah, I don't want that. And then um, we were driving down, and where we are now, there was a guy working in the building. I went, this is kind of a cool location. And we kept driving through, and we came back, and uh, we knocked on the door, and he was the maintenance guy, and he said the guy who owns it, his name is Chubby, and he's <laughs> down. So Chubby. Um, had the place called um, the clothing outlet right now where Tractor Supply is. He says, go down there. Do you remember Remember that old? Noel and I were talking about this yesterday. What was the name of it? Like, uh, I always called it the rag shop or the, was it the rag shop? No, no. It was like the antique. It was some, yeah, it was some goofy name. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. No? It's a while ago. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not from here. So, so we drive down there, right? So Kathy's got this beautiful blonde hair. She's got her knee worked on. And so, you know, she's all... We, Score. She's listening. Good oh, job. No. Love, love you. <laughs> um, so uh, we pull in and we go in and the lady's there named Ann. And uh, I say, is the owner here? He goes, as fate would have it, he just came back from four stay. The state had had him for a bit of a, a five-year bit because he was also <laughs> <What>? a bookie. <gasps> oh, so, oh so, my gosh. so Chubby was a bookie. Gotcha. And so we, Hashtag used to be illegal in Maryland. <laughs> used to be, right? Yeah. He was before his time. He was a leader. Sure, sure. He was an innovator. Pioneer. Pioneer. Ice cream, bookie, clothing store. What should you do? <laughs> so, so Ray's in the back. They call him Chubby. And they go, he's in the back. Go talk to him in his office. That's his building. So I said, okay. So we walk in the back. And now I'm going to really date myself. But there was a TV show called The Dukes of Hazard. Sure. 
right? And do you remember Boss Hog? I, I actually follow Dukes of Hazard on Facebook. You're going to make fun of me, but I follow Dukes of Hazard on Facebook. <laughs> we were just talking about Boss Hog last episode. Uh, we were talking about uh, Wolf Den. I, I talk about yeah, Boss yeah, Hog yeah. a lot. I don't, okay. know, I don't know why, but I work Boss John Hog into Boss a Hog. lot of conversations. Okay. All right, so your boy was there, and turns out that's what Chubby looks like. <laughs> okay. Chubby looked like Boss Hog with a, named. with a Pittsburgh accent. Oh, how you guys doing? Come in the back. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. And to God, right? So so we walk in the back and I'm trying not to laugh because, I mean, he's kind of got a white suit on. He's got the haircut. Oh I mean, everything boss hog. He goes, what you guys need? And I go, well, we're looking at your building. Would you consider renting it to us? He goes, what you going to do with it? And I go, well, I'd like to do a sandwich shop. He goes, hmm. No. I said, all right, I'll tell you what I really want to do. He goes, I want to do homemade ice cream. And he got the biggest smile on his face. And he said, I'll let you do that. Wow. And I said, and I said, why? He goes, you don't know this, but that building, when we originally built it, was a soft serve business. And I love ice cream. Wow. wow. And, so uh, how old was the building then? Oh, it was built in 77, I think, 75. Oh, wow. So it was called Chubby's back in the day. As long as I remember it, it's been the creamery. Like, yeah. uh, I honestly couldn't remember if you built that building if it was there. So you didn't build it? No. Did it looked kind of the same, or what did it look like? The footprint is exactly the same. And okay. if you go up and look at the windows, you'll see there's split windows, because it used to be a pass-through, right? So they would do burgers and soft serve and, like, mm. a custard stand, and they would pass yeah. through the stuff. No, because actually, Smiley rented it the year before me. Okay. And before Smiley had it, it was the French Cafe, which Fred and Christian had. Oh, okay. And then before that, it was Dietrich's, had it for a couple of years. And before that, it was a real estate office. And then before that, it was it was Chubby's. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. We're interviewing uh, Jimmy Rayleigh next Tuesday, if he shows up. But uh, <laughs> um, anyway, um, I bet you anything he remembers Chubby. That somebody else is going to remember that guy. Um, um, that he was a, a character. And I've always heard about Deatrys being here. Like, uh, if you're looking for good steak and cheeses and you're in the area and they're in Laveo, Deatrys makes the bomb steak and cheese. It, oh, it's yeah. great. So uh, if they wanted to come back, that'd be kind of cool. We, we could, we could we'll have to find a back. different location. It's steak and cheese, that's like a cheesesteak, right? No. Yeah, Mr. Philly. No, no whiz though. He doesn't no have whiz. a rocky statue in front of their in front of their shop, but it's pretty good. So that's how that was the kind of well, the first piece to the last piece of your or last piece to the first piece of your puzzle. You uh, kind of the first. Well, it's funny because the first year we opened, so it was a little gray building, and it's where he sold real estate for Lakeland Estates across the street. This guy, the kind of chubby. chubby? No chubby. kidding. Okay. Yeah, so, so he owned all that. So he owned oh. all of that. Oh, man, he'd be great to interview. I wonder, wonder where he, he's at. He's, he's passed, oh, unfortunately. Okay. He was very kind to us. Like, we got a five-year lease from him. He was super supportive. Um, I can only say great things about him. If you get Billy Weisgerber on. He'll remember him? Oh, okay. there's story. Billy can tell a story. I didn't really know him. I was just his tenant. So there are stories that, that Billy can tell you, and, you know, about some guys that would come to the lake that probably were hiding from other people, oh. you know. And so there's some great stories I've heard about. Well, Billy's from Pittsburgh. He's got yeah. good Pittsburgh connections and stories. I, I guarantee you knew that guy. So, so the story gets a little crazier after that. So so we look at the building, and no one will tell me how much it'll rent for. Like Tommy Thayer yeah. said to me, oh, because I ran into Tommy after I ran into Sis. Everyone thought that the building was going to rent for $5,000 a month. Wow. A month. A month. Okay. You know, which would be nice now even. I'd take those numbers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Say, I was going to say, yeah. but that for back might then. might be high for 2022. I don't know. That's a big number. So so we're looking at all these other spots. And the other spot I was looking at is actually where um, across the street from Dry Dock with the, um, the uh, Kubota 
dealership yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, if we went there, we could do kind of, it was a five acre. We would do mini golf. We would do, but that wasn't my dream. My dream was homemade ice cream. Oh, dude, the, the, your spot right now is the coolest. Um, we go by boat a lot and it's just, it, it is, it's a family it experience. Um, I'm not, your ice cream is very, very good, but it, it's just the, the whole experience. You go there by boat, you hike up, you sit there with the kids, you look down the lake and not beating up where the Kubota dealership is, but you're looking down at 219 versus overlooking a big body of water. Like we have our webcam on your building, yeah, right? Yeah, on the back, yeah. And that gets uh, more hits than probably anything. The view from that yeah. webcam off of your shop is just Unreal. an incredible view. Thanks yeah. for letting us put our webcam. <laughs> As somebody who's not originally from around here, I look at that piece of property and I'm like, I mean, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. I mean, like, good Lord. <laughs> oh, very, very blessed. And so we started, re so then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. So I started researching it. And initially, I didn't know how to make ice cream from scratch. Okay. And so I was going to buy at how the- How hard can it be? Uh, you know, in Italy, it's, you know, 70 different recipes for 70 different flavors. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is too much. And so I was going to buy Edie's ice cream initially. Yeah. And the sales you just put your label on it? No, no, no. We were oh, going to buy- okay. no, 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 kidding. <laughs> scratch it off and then put on Bill's ice cream. <laughs> That's what I would have done at 18. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because it's smart, right? <laughs> sure. Why not? And I thought, well, what I'd do is I'd learn to make ice cream. I would transition out as I learned flavors. I'd take their flavor out and then put the next one in, right? Yeah. And so um, the sales rep for Edie said, hey, there's this course called Successful Ice Cream Retailing. You should look at it. And I was a little bit cocky at the time. I'm like, I'd already interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and taken business classes. I'm like, yeah, I kind of got this down. But something told me to call and get the, get the facts, I don't know what people know what that is these days, but it was a machine. That, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even follow it. Okay. Right, yeah, we're fact, okay. I would get a fax, made a fax yeah. on, on their thing. And as it turned out, when I get this, the, the fax came across, it talked about the class and who taught it. You'll never believe who the co-creator co of the class was. Ben and Jerry. Close. The owner of Four C's Ice Cream. No, way. no, no way. way. Right. The dude that you kind of idolize with. 100%. Like, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, you, you can't oh, write this, right? No. Right. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was, okay, it was $600. Yeah. I didn't have $600. Yeah. Well, I was like, all right, so I'm going to sell this and do this and work and do this. And I found that I have to, I have to go. Right. Yeah. It's four days with the guy who I want to be like. And so um, as fate would have it, my uncle's mother-in-law lived half an hour away from where the class was. So I stayed at her house and you know, did, <laughs> did it totally on the cheap. Right. And I walked into the class and there was like 60 people in the class. And they say, why are, you know, one of the first questions is, why are you here? And I said, the reason I'm here is because that man, his name was Dick Warren. I said, when I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> no kidding. And actually we ended up becoming best friends. He was probably in his late sixties at the time. And I became his mentor until he passed. Wow, um, that is so amazing. Yeah. That's so like kismet. That is like the definition of that word. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. Wait, and so, what word? Kismet? Yeah, that was kismet. a good one. Would you call what, me? That what, fighting word. <laughs> so what is the definition of that word? Because I don't have a clue. I think it's, it's what like, It's like meant to be. Here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. kismet. Kismet, like, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so Dick was great about helping me learn to make ice cream. So from day one, so there was a guy named Bernie Shaw who lived in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, which ironically is only an hour and a half away or not even an hour away. He came down and spent a week with me, teaching me recipes that were over 100 years old. That's how you learned how to make ice cream. Yeah. So the course you went to taught you kind of how to run the business. Then you, that guy taught you how to make ice cream. Exactly. But I wouldn't have met Bernie without meeting Dick and then, yeah. you know, all the connections. And then he came down and spent a week 
Um, I know nothing about ice cream, but I will tell you, it seems to me you hit a grand slam. Like you, you, you did, you can tell you did your homework first. You know, you've got the best location, you've got good ice cream, and it, it is an experience of well, all that. Well, that's it. We were talking about the location, like, and, and but after hearing your story, I, I thought the location was great, but now I'm hearing your story, I'm like, oh, I mean, it was meant to be. It, it was. It, a lot Kismet. of things, I mean, it, it would, yeah. It, it was. I'm going to use that tomorrow, too. Kismet, I'm trying yeah. to think what big meeting I have tomorrow. I'm going to totally use it the wrong way. It, it, either, what, it either wasn't going to happen, or it was going going to be great i mean it just that's what it sounds like to me you know well and and garrett county i mean you guys may not know this but it is the coldest wettest place yeah it's not the ideal environment it's the worst and it's the worst like, there's a direct correlation to be sales uh, and sunny days and, you know? <laughs> but um but yeah I'm, i feel very blessed when you know we i wasn't you know i worked so this happened we signed the lease in january we started gutting the place painting it remodeling it kind of it kind of looks exactly like it did 1995. I mean, we've kept it up and replaced stuff, but the layout is basically the same. And we opened in uh, April, end of April, and I was scared to death. Yeah. Right? Because How many flavors did you have when you opened? Do you remember? Yep. So we, we always display 24 flavors, and we made uh, that first season about 50 different flavors. It is oh. so hard to pick. They're, everything looks so good. Like it is. I'm glad you have long lines because in the lines, I'm sitting thinking, what am I going to pick? What am I going to pick? <laughs> it is so hard to pick. That's which so ones amazing, though. Like your first season, and you're scared to death, and you're like, I'm going all out. We got 24 flavors. It's the true entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Like what you just said, um, you probably could have got a job, a government job. You could have done anything. You were like, this is, hey, this is what I want to do. And you made it happen. And uh, anyone who's ever been an entrepreneur will tell you that it, it's very, very scary. Um, you think day one, you hope it works out it doesn't always work out so yeah right i remember the first day i still have my ledger book like an old book that you like hand write that you know we did 29 dollars uh -uh, on day one day one 29 dollars like, right, yeah whoop. and then the next that's day, one scoop from each bucket yeah. <laughs> okay so I've, I've never like had my own business where i've made a dollar before you know i mean real yeah. estate um and but, but you know not like a, a mm -hmm. shop where you have a dollar coming in so what did you have like your first dollar yeah so, it's still there isn't it's it? still there yeah. Yeah. So yeah. How, but, where does that dollar come from? Did you actually, did somebody give you that dollar or how does that work? I've always been curious. So they gave it to us. So it, as it turned out, it was my, my father-in-law, Ned and Mary Lou. They were the first okay. ones that actually caught, it was the, the first and last dollar he ever spent in the store. Because um, Lord knows he ate enough ice cream to, you know, I was like, I, one day I want to measure how much ice cream Ned could eat. And uh, now I miss him. He was my best friend and that was neat. So they signed it and then put it in there. But, okay. but every other business, people have said, hey, we're your first one. And then we just say, will you sign it? And they sign it. Oh, we, that's that so cool. hang it up. Yep. Okay. Signing is key because um, I still have mine, right? And I still have what I think is mine. Noelle tells me it's not right. I think it is right. And mine was actually Kathy Gibson. Uh, one of the first things I saw was a Kathy and I had Kathy pay me a dollar and I should have had her write her name on it. So I still have that dollar and I think it was, well, I know it's Kathy Gibson. I think it's still that same dollar, but writing your name's on a key. It is so kind it's kind of cool. like a ceremony. Like, yeah. you're like, all right, you you're, you're my first it. customer. You better yeah. have a dollar in your pocket. Otherwise, I'm giving you one. Well, that, and, and it was funny because I wasn't sure it was going to work because it, rain, you know, April here is a wee bit rainy. Yeah. You know, and, uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Not, every not now the best. But our, I, I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to make it our first Mother's Day. So first Mother's Day, I said, what do all moms need? A free scoop ice cream. So that was our first big promotion is that we gave away free scoops to mom. And we had a line for six and a half hours. <gasps> nice. And it was, it was Southern's prom. So you, you still oh. do that, right? Oh yeah. We still do that. So yeah. we do that for Mother's Day and Father's Day. And we, you know, we love to support, support the community. And I just remember the girls would come in after work because in my business plan, I said, okay, it's going to be me and three other people. 
I was like, okay, I'll make ice cream at night and then work scoop all day. And I kind of tried to do that. But the first year we had 13. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> a 13. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And, and we've been very blessed. Like you say, the lines, you know, we, we really try to keep the, even though the line could go out and around the building, we try to keep it under 15 minutes. That's that's kind of our goal. That's probably about usually what it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it a moves long faster line, than you think going. it does. I love the addition. We're going way into the future. I love the addition of the TVs outside, though. Oh, sure. Because it gives you a chance, like John said, to really think about what you want before you go in. Because before, it was like you're waiting for so long, and then you get in the door, and you can barely see the menu, but you're so scared. It's the so girl, hard to make The girl's going to pick you next, and you don't know what you want, <laughs> but there's so many people behind you, and like the pressure in the store. I just copy Noel. Noel is very, my wife is very good at picking out ice cream. Whatever she gets, I just usually copy. <laughs> That. She's, she's very good and that was a setup too was she one of your first employees so she was in year three so okay. my, my favorite was in the first year i met noelle she was in the wizard of oz and she was a ghost <laughs> what i've never heard this story oh yes yeah, so she, she was in a she was in the wizard of oz, oz play yeah so they did brenda did the musical wizard of oz we've been married a long time i've never heard this oh okay. she's got, <laughs> I got pictures of her in her little ghost outfit okay so. <laughs> We're going to bring that up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're actually going to do a spouse interview where we bring on all of our spouses and talk. We're going to hit her with that. I don't remember a ghost in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Though. What point. part is that? Oh, it's a new one. It's a, you know, they, they modified it, obviously. Oh, but, but yeah, okay. It was okay. like, or maybe it was a skeleton. Not a ghost. I mean, she was a skeleton. Okay. That's right. Okay. Trust me. I'll ask her Even that. <laughs> yeah. the ske- I can't remember? wait to hear. Yeah. She, it was great because all the kids would come by after practice from being at the, at the, um, up at the college and they would come down and get ice cream afterwards. So it was a great way to meet meet all the community. It is kind of a local thing too. And for local kids, um, I'm going to ask you one of your funniest kid stories here in a minute, but uh, it is good job. It is a great job for local kids. Like my wife worked there. We were talking about it. My daughter's only 13 now, but I guarantee you she works there at some point. Maybe you should hire her. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you, you better interview that one pretty tough, but she was she, at 13 years old. She goofs around it. My, uh, my neighbor's daughters worked for you last year. The McHenry's. Um, oh, awesome. There's, there's a long list of people. You've had a ton of local kids. It, it's a great job for local kids. And there's been, it, it is an experience. Like people want to work there. It's kind of neat when uh, we, we just finished our 28th year. And when we did our 20th anniversary, I said, I want to invite everyone back, invite all my team back. And this year we have a staff of 72. Wow. So. Wait, you have 72 employees at your ice cream store? Yeah. Oh wow. my gosh. Seasonal Amazing. or all year long? Seasonal. Seasonal. Okay, right, okay. We're up you in the last are week. an economy. Last, last <laughs> week in April through the Autumn Glory Sunday. Wow. And so I said, hey, for our 20th anniversary, let's bring everyone back. Let's, we'll do it Autumn Glory weekend. They can bring their children, their significant others. And I, I did all that just on a whim. And then I went, Rutro, George, <laughs> how, how many people is that going to be? Yeah. Right. After 20 years, I mean, you know, a staff at the time we were probably closer to 45 or 50, but 20 years. Yeah. So I went through the roles and we barely broke 200. Oh, wow. So our average tenure that works for me is about six and a half or seven years. That's so wow. cool. So they come back. It's normally college kids or high school kids. They go away to school and come back and... They did your plan. That's what you wanted to do. Yep. And, and and they like it because we, it's more of a school than it is a job. Okay. So you're learning more. If you're just scooping ice cream six years in, you're not getting the full experience, right? If you're going to college and you're a business major, you're doing, we're going to incorporate that major into your training. You're going to learn the books, the HR. We have the staff does interviewing. So you're learning something new every day, every year. And that's where the growth is. We had a, uh, Doc, uh, Marley Merrick just got married yeah. and she was with me. There's a funny story. So we're, we're doing our Christmas party a couple of years ago and Marley walks up to me and she goes, you know, Bill, I never thought I'd be a lifer. 
And I went, what, Mar? Merry Christmas to you, too. What, what do you mean? She goes, no, no, no. I thought I'd be here like a year or two, a blow-off summer job. Six and a half years, seven years later, I'm still with you. You should be like Kevin Cosner in Yellowstone and make him get a tattoo. Like, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the club, you got to get a creamery tattoo on your LC. arm. <laughs> yeah. And it was sweet. And I was like, you're welcome. And so um, she got married last year to her love of her life. And she invited me to the wedding. And Kathy and I went to the wedding, which is awesome to be invited to your alumni's important dates. And turns out her and her husband wrote their vows separately and secretly. Yeah. So we're sitting there and it's at um, Twin Tails and, and her husband goes, talks about their great things and this and this and spending the nights in the creamery with you and this and this. Oh, and, and I'm like, well, that's really sweet to be thought of. He thought of us in the, in her vows in their vows. And then next thing you know, Mar starts talking about this and this and says, and being at the creamery and this, everyone turns around and looks at me like I sponsored the wedding. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, but it's, it's those connections. It's just, it's, you know, it's neat to see these guys. Like your your wife that worked for me and your kids that hopefully will work for me. That to me is just the best. That's we're, a lot. we're a little young. Hopefully, well, maybe they will meet their husband at the Kramer someday. You never know. <laughs> It'd be better than the Black Bear. No, I, I, I was going to say I was I was very blessed to work at a place that was very much like that. We had a, uh, I worked with. Uh, well, I, I was a kid, but they were kids too, coming in fifteen years old in the restaurant and. Uh, it was a great restaurant coming up, and I mean, literally, they came back every year, and I met my wife at that restaurant, and Aww. it's it's really cool to hear you say that out here. You know, that was where I came from, literally. I stopped working at Rivercrest to come to real sell real estate here but in But did Detroit. you write your va- that restaurant into your vows? <laughs> no, come but uh, the, here's the funny part. Uh, at our ceremony, we didn't invite anybody, you know, everybody, it was an open invitation for anybody who worked at Rivercrest that was close to us. And sure enough, because it was a busy day, you know, in the, in the you know in September, they all lined up at the back of the the church, and then and then they all had to go back yeah. to work. <laughs> so they came later and smoked some cigars with us. You know, it was fun stuff. But yeah. I see Marley's dad pretty much every day. I'm going to pick on her about that story tomorrow. Oh my gosh, uh, it was it was. I was like, uh, uh, okay, where are you guys going to go for your honeymoon? I'm paying for it. You know? oh. <laughs> Okay, so don't give away any trade secrets, but uh, we are curious. Do you, and I think you started there, do you actually make the ice cream in that building? Yes. Or at least you used to. You no, still no. do? Everything's still made in the building. Uh, it's the same machine I've had for 25 years. Is it like um, like microbrewing? Like, did, I guess you have to, be, are you still making the ice cream or did you train somebody else? So did I, you give your secret, are you Bush's Beans? Did you give your secrets away <laughs> to somebody else? So so I actually teach, so the class that I took, Successful Ice Cream Retailing, I actually teach that class now. Okay. And so I actually teach people to make ice cream from around the world. So I've taught at Maryland, Penn State, University of Guelph in Canada and University of Florida. You've even won a lot of awards for ice cream. It, yeah. was, it was your vanilla that won the vanilla, award. vanilla and chocolate, Chicago yeah. or something. Yeah, vanilla and chocolate have won some awards, mm-hmm. and now I teach at University of Wisconsin. And so our vanilla, which is unique, so U.S. Why is vanilla special? So part of it is we mix. You can put chocolate on top, <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually blend. We have a special vanilla made for us from Lockhead Vanillas. That's a blend of two different kinds of vanillas, and then we use another vanilla that Hagen uses. And we blend those together to make our special vanilla. Wow. If you're a 17-year-old kid at home and you're thinking about opening an ice cream store someday, write that down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you are a listener and you come to Deep Creek, I bet you did not know how good your ice cream It's like you go back every year just because, yeah, well, it's good ice cream. But it's like, you, I mean, maybe they do know. I don't know. 
That's wild. So it even, is a tradition for sure. Yeah, so from it is. There, you just couldn't stop being an entrepreneur. So <sighs> that was your start. Um, I'll let you kind of fill in the gaps on which one you want to talk about from there. You did some real estate development. You've done construction. You own the local Subway sub shop. You rent jet skis. You have a popcorn factory. Uh, you sell Indian jewelry. No, no, that's not me. I lease that out. Okay. That's Bob Good. Feeney. Smart businessman. Yeah. Literally, if you come to Deep Creek and you want to buy some cool stuff, mm -hmm. find Bill. <laughs> Well, I've always tried to do what I love. And so okay. one of the things I try to do is teach my staff that. It's like, I had a gentleman come up to me earlier this year, a retiree, and he goes, I want to come work for you. I said, great. What do you love to do? I got plenty of businesses. Right, yeah. No, I said, what do you love to do? And he, he looked at me, he says, no one's ever asked me that question before. Yeah. And so that's one of the first questions we ask our team members that join us, say, what do you love to do? Because I've got, like you said, I've got a thousand jobs. What do you love to do? Let's do what you love to do. And then you never work another day in your life. And we were in the waiting room, uh, you were kind of joking. I think all of our employees, all of the agents, we all eat at Subway. At least one of us eats there every day. Probably <laughs> yeah. half of us eat there every day. Um, and then we skip over your grill that's next to the creamery sometimes. Um, you said you kind of took over running that a year or two ago, and it's, it is great. Like, Yeah, so we so Cabin Lodge Grill, which is now, is, is actually if you Google, if you look at where the creamery originally was, it's where Cabin Lodge Grill was. Okay. And so it was an old little greasy spoon pull-in restaurant. And I was sitting there looking at it one day and I went, we need to take this over. And no one's ever done it the way I've wanted to do it. I want everything made fresh, you know. And so my chief operations, Aaron Mullinex, says, I got this amazing guy, Chris Noble. And I went, all right, well, let's interview him. And so I talked to Chris and I said, Chris, here's what I want. I want Guy Fiore to pull up in his Camaro one day and say to you, <laughs> what do you make? Got the biggest grin on his face. I go, why are you smiling? He goes, I can do this. <laughs> and he makes his homemade chicken. Mean, everything's made from scratch. It's made it's fresh. It's so good. His chicken the Nashville, Nashville yeah. chicken is, oh, yeah. oh it's you know, so good. And, so, and so he's been kicking it. He does a homemade burger, a smash burger, his Nashville chicken. We do fresh fries, fresh cut fries. And um, we like to try to give back to the community. And so this winter we started doing Fresh Fry Friday. Free Fry Friday. No purchase necessary. Come get free fries. You know, and then try Chris's stuff. So you've got the business part down. Let's talk about your life in Deep Creek. Um, so 20 whatever years ago, 28 years ago, I think you said, you didn't know where Deep Creek was. You moved here on a whim, and it has become your home. Um, I honestly kind of thought you grew up here. I thought you were living here. <laughs> um, so life living here, uh, I believe it's is it your youngest son is Will. Um, oldest. oldest. Oldest is Will. You guys got into skiing and snowboarding, and now that's that's such a huge part of your life. Yeah, so... Um they, both boys weren't part of the uh, Deep Creek Winter Snow. Deep Creek Winter Sports Team. It's, yeah. it's a killer team. If, if you're listening to this, I will give them every plug in the world. The Deep Creek Winter Sports Team is an amazing, amazing group. Unbelievable. I mean, and uh, Will is a snowboarder and Nick, or sorry, Will's a skier. Nick was a snowboarder and he took off. I mean, Jimmy Lascaris, um, um, his son was helping coach him. All the different coaches have been off the hook. Mike was dynamite and... Nick qualified for nationals when he was 11 years old. Wow. So half the team actually, their snowboard team qualified for nationals and we all went out there. 
And you probably wouldn't have had, well, maybe you would have, but most likely you would not have had that experience had you not had a business and a house that was five miles away from the ski resort. I mean, just living here gives you those opportunities. Um, oh, it's unbelievable. And he took advantage of them. He wasn't the kid that stayed at home. He obviously went out there and did, did you it. Did you and Kathy ski like before you moved here? Was that something you had or that's something you picked up when you moved here? Oh, no, we were skiers. Okay, yeah. Well, I can fall down any mountain. I don't really want to <laughs> kind of like embarrass skiers like he's no skier. I'm like, I'm not. But I can, there's no mountain I can't fall down. There you go. Didn't he even do something like, wasn't he on a traveling team in high school or something? Or um... So Nick so Nick qualified for nationals. And then three years ago when the C word hit Uh-oh. and they shut down schools, um, I said to Kathy, who was actually the uh, director of uh, facilities at Garrett College, who just built the new performing arts center. Yes. Amazing. I said, we can, Nick can go to school anywhere in the country. We can live anywhere. Why don't we interview some national teams and see if he's got what it takes? And so we interviewed a bunch of teams. They interviewed him. And we ended up moving out to Frisco, Colorado for the winter. That's pretty cool. And so he trained with Team Summit, uh, which trains at Copper, which is where Red Gerard and all these, the national team kids, you know, do the slope. And he's a slope styler. So he does the jumps and the rails. Ooh. And cool. so he went out there and him and I moved out there for the winter and he was able to kind of knock the socks. I remember talking to Paul Edwards and I was thankful to the school system. I said, hey, thank you guys for letting him follow his dream. And I said, Paul, he's never going to score a medal. He's never going to be on the podium, but thank you for letting him have that opportunity. He'll remember that forever. You know, so you brought up COVID. So let me no, wait, wait, real quick. Let me finish. So, I'm, so I'm talking to he Paul. He spared us by right. calling it the C word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, we're going to get said, flagged again. Oh, you're not allowed to say that word? No, that's no, no, fine. Okay. Flag. No. Keep going. So, so, so I tell you this to Paul Edwards. He's the director of secondary of education. And, uh, he was on last week. He was on last week. And I was also a county commissioner. And, and I, I said, Paul, I had to call him back a half an hour later because I just talked to you. I said, I know, Paul, but. I lied to you. He goes, what happened? He goes, Nick just took the bronze medal at the rookie oh. tour. <gasps> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. So it was, and so long story short, so we went back again last year and uh, he trained more and, and, and there's never been, I said, Nick, are you loving this? He says, dad. Is I he tra- still doing it now? Yeah. He trains five days a week, four to five hours a day. And last year he took the silver medal in the country. How old is he? He just turned 18. So U18, he took the silver medal last year. That's so awesome. Wow. That is so amazing. Thank you for circling back to that. I thought, I, I, in my mind, I knew he had done some cool stuff and you were downplaying at the beginning. That, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so it was, neat. Awesome. it was neat. Again, this was, and again, he's, it's it's his passion. He's, you know, and the school has been great. He's kept his 4.0 GPA. He's got this amazing high school counselor. Her name is Noelle. Oh, uh, yeah. She, yeah. she used to work at the career. Noelle Gong? No, Gong, no, no. Tabernacle? No. Jingle? <laughs> Bell. Bell. Just go with Bell. <laughs> so, no, and they've been great. And, and he's, you know, he's done his half. I said, he actually said something to me that questioned who his father was. He said to me the second year out there, he goes, Dad, I can't go to practice today. I go, oh, are you hurt? I mean, because he's jumping 50, 60 feet in the air. He goes, no, I have to stay home and study. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, he, he's, okay. he's actually jumping 50 or 60 feet in the air. We were talking about this with Steve, like uh, on a half pipe, he's on that? No, not half pipe, so the jump. So where he's doing the flips and the jumps, so he'll launch off and then land, hopefully, on his board. Um, <laughs> wow. All right, so we need to watch for him on the X Games. Yeah, I'll send you some. Yeah, well, and actually this year we're actually leave, we leave Friday. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he's on NORAM. So he'll be up in Calgary, Banff, Whistler, Cal- California. Oh, that's so that cool. That whole, hopefully, tour, yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's awesome. So yeah, you might have he... listened to it. I'm sorry. You might have listened to it. Uh, and if not, I'll try to find it and send it to you. There was a podcast I recently listened to where they interviewed Sean White. 
and not that story, but kind of a similar story. It was just a, he was a kid and his dad would drive him to the ski slope every weekend. And then eventually his brother did it and he just got into it and he worked out five hours a day. And then it just, that's what you've got to do to do that sport. Like a lot of people think about it for football and wrestling and basketball. That's a sport too. I mean, you have to train for that sport. Oh, he's lifting, he's running. I mean, they've got a workout schedule that's, I mean, one of his teammates, Ellie, is on the X game. So she's that. No good. kidding. Yeah. That's so cool. I was going to ask if there's sibling rivalry, if like, Ooh. if there's any between your sons, like, because they ski and snowboard. So I wonder if there's any like. Nah, there's nah, no, there's no rivalry. Good. Other than they both wish they were with each other's height. So Nick just reminds me the other day, he's now 6'3", which is an inch taller than me. Oh. And Will's a goalie for the University of Maryland soccer team. He's what? only 5'10". Why are we talking about him? That's pretty cool, <laughs> So too. he's like, I wish I was 6'3". And Nick goes, I wish I was 5'10 or 5'11", you know. So yeah, he's on the travel. He's on the, uh, the, the, they call it the black team. So it's the number one travel team. Not their varsity. He didn't want to, he didn't want that much commitment. But he's on their travel team that goes all around. Pretty cool. So before COVID, you had an event at your shop called the No Hands Ice Cream Con, No Hands Ice Cream Eating Competition, and it was awesome. You did it for twenty some years. I remember it was always kind of at the end of the summer, early fall. It was autumn glory sunny, so it's our closing day Sunday. And it was for a charity. It was for Garrett Mentors, yep. and people would show up there, and you'd give them this gigantic trough of ice cream, and they had to eat it without their hands. Basically, <laughs> if, if you, it's, it's Christmas season. Remember the Christmas story where they. They say, hey, yeah. Ralphie, show me on the piggies. And Ralphie's like, because yeah. like, like, it's kind of like that. And um, so you had to stop doing it because of COVID. Are you considering bringing that back? Oh, 100%. We got so much grief. And, and, I, and I take it, uh, I love it. I mean, that people. Positive. Right, yeah, yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. We want to do this. We've been doing this all these years. And so we average between 100 and 150 people that do it every year. And we do it by age group. And it's digitally weighed out because there have been multiple winners each year. And they come back and. It's, it's a lot of fun. We raise, it's $5. It goes all to charity, but we digitally weigh out all this stuff <laughs> and we do it by age group. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. How many hours a day do I need to train to win that competition? <laughs> wait. Is, is, wait, is there an adult division? Have oh you, yeah, totally. The, oh really? So, so the biggest, the biggest group. It's mostly is, like older oh, people. I like thought adults. it was all, yeah, oh, I thought it was only no, kids. I think it's adults. Awesome. Yeah. The elementary school is the biggest heat set okay. followed second by the adults. And like Dr. Bill Yant, he ran it for so many years and he finally retired. We said, Bill, we love you. You can't come anymore. <laughs> you know, and his, and his daughter would win it. And it was just been a lot of fun. And Wait a second. <laughs> the dentist? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yes. You couldn't make that up. That's great. That's great advertising. Yes, kids, eat ice cream. Don't worry about brushing your teeth. <laughs> just call me tomorrow. It's cool. We were giving out uh, Halloween candy this year and I was with Todd Mullins, another local dentist. And Todd was just giving away like the... Chewy, laffy taffies or whatever, <laughs> and I totally busted him. I was like, "Wait, aren't you a dentist? Like, uh, is, this, is this giving you job security? Conflict of interest? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, That's so, um, jet skis. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. You work with a ton of high school age young people. What's the goofiest, dumbest story? Has any of them ever just done something that you're like, "What are you thinking?" If it hasn't happened yet, my daughter will probably do that to you. <laughs> so, you know what? The one thing about the creamery is kind of unique. So, it's hard to get a job there. So, yeah. our application is three letters of recommendations from your teachers wow. and a copy of your report card. And then you go through a three to four person interview for about a half hour to 40 minutes. Wow. So, so they're really great kids. And so, there's all kinds of whipped cream fights. I'll come in some morning and they'll see whipped cream on the ceiling. I'm like, hmm. 
I wonder how that got there. You know, or they might be some late night, they'll jump in the lake and do silly stuff or, um, but, but it's all kind of clean fun. You know, yeah. they, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll get each other where they're, they'll sometimes spray someone down and toss them in the freezer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> good for you for putting them through do that. that. I mean, you've got to have good employees. If you didn't do that, then the, we probably wouldn't run it quite as well. <laughs> well, they're amazing, right? I mean, your wife was one of them and it was, but, but we've been blessed over the last 28 years. They're just amazing men and women that have just grown up. And well, like you, for example, I mean, you went the first, well, I know you would come around because <laughs> I was very guilty. People say, you only hire pretty smart girls. I went, that's not true. There's a guy, one. There's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty smart guy here. <laughs> yeah, there's one, you know. And, um, but John would, John would come around the creamery all the time. And, and usually it was because, you know, I had all the pretty smart girls. But it, then he also showed off his entrepreneurship. Well, I remember I tried to sell you <laughs> smoothies and you didn't want to buy my smoothies, um, which I don't blame you. I wouldn't have bought them either in hindsight. And then I think well, I had some master plan. <laughs> I, I remember you were giving me one of my three interviews and I failed. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I had some master plan that uh, I tried to sell you smoothies and I think you were like, oh, this guy's an idiot, but he'll learn. He's somebody we could work with a little bit. And then we kind of developed that. I was going to try to help you take your ice cream and put it in the grocery stores or yep. something like that. And and uh, it just never came to fruition. But uh, it was awesome. You came and it was like, did you take this Gatorade bottle? Did I still see the Gatorade label? What did you do? Oh, no, I did. So <laughs> it you, is. I want to know see, all I remember. about the smoothies. So, like, how did you make them? Where, where you're coming up with Bill going to college and interviewing people, I probably should have done that. I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> when, when I was in college, I wrote my senior paper for a marketing class and you had to come up with you had to start your own business. And I started this business called Deep Creek Juice Company for a, oh for a school project, right? And I got an A on the paper. So I was like, well, that must mean it'll be a successful business. <laughs> so I start making smoothies because this would have been around 2000 when Smoothie King started coming out and everybody wanted to drink smoothies. So I started making smoothies and they were not used Gatorade bottles. <laughs> they were at least these new Gatorade bottles I bought. And I was making this smoothie concoction in my garage and, uh, and, and selling it to people to like Oh, make smoothies at the shop. It actually worked. Um, okay. I sold a couple. I, I even had uh, Rocky Gap was a client of mine. Um, was that was that um, what uh, Taylor yeah, Crabtree no. was telling me? Was that like did his dad have like a shop or something? His dad bought them from me. His dad. Okay, I am. His dad had the other ice cream store the here. He bought stand, my yeah. smoothies, yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh. Well, Bill's getting that. I would take this is I was on my mom and dad's computer, and this was I had uh, I don't even know what this computer was. I had print shop on there, and I made my own Deep Creek Juice Company label, hit print, and I went to Walmart and bought clear duct tape and taped my labels oh to my the God. smoothie bottles. And uh, yeah, that went on for a while, but uh, no, that was that's See, the I remember what, did you, what did you call You said Deep Creek Juice, Deep Creek Juice, yeah, Deep, Creek Deep Creek Juice, Juice Company. Okay. Some was, one of our uh, listeners is writing that down right DCJ. now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> it actually is a good idea. It was just, uh, it was a great idea. Well, and it's funny, and he was smart, right? Because they sold it now where the where the um, ice cream stand used to be in town is where Walgreens. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they did great. They had a good spot. town. What's that? Here, what? they had Flavor Oakland? Burst. They yeah. they had Flavor Burst, which is like, and it's just hard to find Flavor Burst mm -hmm. at, at at ice cream stands. I mean, I will say that is what is a flavor. It's that? when they they put like a little flavor and it swirls around the outside of the soft serve, like the blue goo. It just—it's like a thing. But Ooh, anyway, when there... you when you grow up, like in going going to both, 
Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, go to the custard stand after like a softball game. You're a little closer there. Mm. But oh, the I, love, flavor, I love custard stand. Don't flavor, be like, don't the put it down. I love the, the chocolate vanilla dipped in peanut butter. So the it's not, it's not like the bloods and the crips. It's not like soft serve versus hand dip. Not me. Guys don't like you don't smash it up in the parking lots on the weekend. Now that we're on flavors. My oh. favorite flavor was graham cracker swirl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's extinct. Anything with caramel. No, she's not. Really? No okay, because I heard that there was, you guys had trouble getting the chocolate or something what, in it. Uh, about two years ago, we were hard, it was hard to get the chocolate covered okay. graham crackers, but we resourced them. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah. If you want to, I can make them for you in my garage. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them in plastic Ziploc bags. I'm sure the health department will approve it. It'll be fine. Uh, graham cracker swirl is the best flavor. It's more, ever. It's more of a uh, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> it was so bad. I even had a dog in there with me. Oh, God. The health department did not like it at all. Did they know about it? They were in my young. Well, I did it legit, but uh, oh. it was it was frowned upon for your dog to be in there while you were making juice. So I had to put him inside. That's not fair. It was all organic. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, asking me a question about saltiness. Oh, yeah. Um, so, we like to ask our guests. The podcast is called Not Salty, but we want to know what you are salty about. So, is there anything that upsets you that you're just salty about? I'm the ice cream guy. I'm always <laughs> a good too point. happy. Yeah. <laughs> you and all of our other six guests, we got nobody <laughs> salty about anything. I know. We're we, picking guys, the wrong people. Nick yeah. was upset because he had poison ivy. Yeah. Like, uh, it is a Which point. Everybody here seems to have a pretty good life. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I'm very blessed. I didn't raise I wasn't raised here. I raised my family here. I love here. I love Garrett County. I mean, I try to put my money where my mouth is. I also try to put my time. I mean, I love that coach soccer from Mountaintop up to the Southern High School. So I forgot you were a soccer coach. Yeah. Well that's that's one of my favorite. Um the announcers would call out, you know, my name looks like meager. So yeah. my the, the best part is you come in the creamery and the the people go, Hey, I'm really good friends with Bill Meager. <laughs> and, and, and my staff will go not so much so so um they were doing the announcements and they're like number five will mayor number 10 nick mayor and coaching for southern garrett my good friend bill meager <laughs> and so they'd be like you know it's the same they're like yeah we get, we get the joke so your last name mayor would go good on we've joked good well with politics do you ever have any intentions of doing Ooh. anything politics? It's always been floating in the background. You might. Uh, we talked to Paul Edwards last week and realized that I literally know nothing about politics. But uh, <laughs> if you ever want to run for mayor, your last name would work really well. Mayor, mayor. It would, mayor, it, it, mayor, it would mayor, be mayor. really good on the signs along side 219. You know, I, and you would totally win. Just give away free ice cream. Duh. That's it. My, I'm all ice cream platform. <laughs> <laughs> What's he for? I don't care. It's free fries. He's for ice cream. He's for ice cream. Free fry Friday and ice cream. What goes better than that? Uh, I nice thing is I've been working a lot with our state legislator and our local people. Um, I probably won't run. I like the fact that I can support them, you know, help them. You know, I'm involved in a lot of committees, but what they do day in and day out is it's tough. I'd say that's equally as important, uh, just being there to help them and making sure that the local people have their ears. So thank you for doing that. And, and they do, you know, the, the you know, Paul, Paul and the other commissioners are dynamite. They're listening. They, they're trying to do stuff. We, I was just at a meeting a couple of weeks ago about workforce housing. You know, we've done three houses right now for our team members, help them buy houses to move them in. And we're looking to try to develop that more and more and more. Um, are you okay? We can cut this part if we need to, and you might have to cut some of that. Are you okay talking about your cancer? Cause it's oh, sure. Kinda, oh, it's yeah. A, yeah, there's nothing. I'm Okay. It's try to set this up a little bit. 
You also have a very remarkable story um, about how you found out you had cancer and recovered from your cancer. Um, it, it, and I'm, again, I'm hearing most of the story second or third hand. Um, we're very happy you're okay. And it's, I remember, if I remember the story right, you were in the hospital for something else. You were there with a friend or something like that, and you thought you had a cold, and the doctor said, hey, let me, let me check you out. And you turned out you had cancer in your throat of some kind. And uh, I've always thought that in the back of my mind, and my doctor probably gets a little bit aggravated with me sometimes. If I do so much as stub my toe, I'm like, <laughs> hey, my friend Bill is in the hospital. <laughs> can, can you check this out for me and make sure it's okay? And that's probably the right thing to do. Um, and I'd, I'd like for you to elaborate on it. But thank goodness you were there. Thank goodness you had a scratchy throat. Thank goodness that doctor took the time out of his day to say, let me look. Um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is, if you have something like that going on, don't go home and take three Advil and hope it goes away. Call the doctor. Yeah, well, it actually was my dad. My dad, I was at Hopkins with my dad, and he had um, a bile duct cancer in his liver, and they had some complications. I went down for the day, and three weeks later, I was still there. And I said to the nurse, I said, I know this sounds weird, but I got a swollen gland. And she goes, that's not a swollen gland. That's a swollen lymph node. I went, okay, I don't know what that means. She goes, when you get back home, have your doctor look at it. You probably just have an infection. So I came home and called Tom Johnson up and said, Dr. Johnson, they said, I should look at this. She goes, okay. So I come in and Tom looks at it and he goes, well, Bill, you either have Lyme's disease or cancer. I went, geez, which one do you pick? Uh I'll take cancer for 200 because Lyme's disease (laughs) is like forever. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And so long story short, they said, you probably, you know, it's right next to your carotid. And turns out I had to take my dad back to Hopkins the next day. And um, it's really weird how this story gets. So, we're in interventional radiology with my dad, and I mentioned something to the phlebotomist. It's a lady who just gets you hooked up, and she goes, oh, yeah, something's wrong with my throat or my neck. i got to get something looked at. And she looked at me and said, what do you mean something needs to be looked at in your throat? And she goes, she, I was Bill. I'm Bill. My dad was Bill. She goes, what are my bills doing back here again? So she gets on her phone, and she calls somebody. And hands me the phone, and I've learned not to argue with the women in my world. She goes, you tell them what. Very good strategy. Right? Good strategy, right? (laughs) No point. And so uh, I go, okay. So I give this lady on the other end of the phone, who I don't even know who it is, my information, and I hand back the phone. She goes, what's all that about? She goes, tomorrow morning you're going to go see Wayne Coke. And I'm like, okay, focus on dad. So yeah. right, get, get my dad better. Like, so I go in the waiting room and I go- I've got a cold. What are you so worried about? Yeah, I know. It's no, it's a big deal. So I Google Wayne Coke. He's the chief neck surgical oncologist at Hopkins. He is the number one guy. So if you can get an appointment with him, you need to go. No one goes, no one sees the great Oz yeah, tomorrow. Right. Right. And then, and not to mention he's the, it turns out Hopkins, their number one thing in the country and in the world is their neck and throat oncology. Program. Wow. So I go to see, I go see Dr. Koch and he's super great. He goes, yeah, we'll do a needle aspiration. We'll see what's going on. We'll call you in a couple of days. So a couple of weeks go, a week goes by after it grows out. It calls me Christmas Eve says, congratulations, you have cancer. No, oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. He said, we'll see you on Friday, and we'll get it out. No big deal. Like, let's just get it done. Like, great. Awesome. I got to take care of my dad. Let's I'm not this saying thing. this tongue-in-cheek. That's kind of killer bedside manner, honestly. Like, yeah. hey, you know what? Let's do this. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, rock and roll. I ain't, yeah. got, I, I ain't got no time for this. Let's go. You know, and well, that's so, confidence, and it makes you feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, let's go. We'll get it out. They did the first surgery. They removed 13 lymph nodes. They found one of them um, at a multinodal extension, but they couldn't find the primary tumor. And he said, we have a rope. And they, they went all through my throat. It was like, imagine swallowing rocks for like an hour. Ugh. 
So you, your story on how you got here, finding the piece of property, meeting Chubby, to the story at John Hopkins, you've actually had a life with a lot of decisions and a lot of willpower, but you might also have an angel on your shoulder. I mean, oh, no doubt. that first story, I kind of got a little bit chills, chills because um, I like real estate stories and I get into it. And that's that. What's the chance you would have stopped in that place? What's the chance you would have met that guy? You didn't finish it, and, and we probably don't want to. <laughs> How would you have possibly afforded $5,000 a month in rent, but you made it work uh, to the point even when fast-forward 20-whatever years later, you might have an angel on your shoulder too. Oh, there's no doubt. I, I, I Actually, one of my companies, I call it the wave transportation. What is that? So I call it God, God's wave, right? Sometimes you're paddling to get on the wave. Sometimes you're surfing the wave and it's awesome and things are going just right. And sometimes you're getting thrashed on the bottom, learning a lesson, <laughs> you know? And so there's no doubt. I, I've always tried to follow that instinct, that intuition, and, and just I've learned to trust it. Thank goodness you're okay. Uh, uh, we yeah. appreciate you and we're very happy you're okay. All, all the <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. No, all the prayer. You know, it's funny. You know, the prayers work because I remember the girls were playing the state final chip, finals basketball. And it was, I went to the semifinal game. It was the first time. I was I was still during treatment at Hopkins, but I went to the game, and I didn't sleep for three days afterwards. So many people hugged me and loved me, you know, and they went and they ended up winning yeah. also as well, which was awesome. But you know, just that that support of the community is just unbelievable. So uh, the creamery is going well. We've got other businesses going on. Why did you decide to open Subway? I love Subway. Why, what, what got you involved? So I didn't want to open Subway. And actually, it was closed. And Steve Green from High Mountain Sports okay. kept calling me saying, Bill, you should open up Subway. You should open Subway. I said, no, I have enough. I don't need any more. I don't want to do it. And so he kept calling. He's, he's a great friend, right? Great guy in the community. Great leader. I had a lady who was working for me about this time of year during Christmas, and she was doing some night cleaning. And she would bought everyone in district court presents that she was that all the desks that she cleaned for and then a week later she quits and I kind of got spooked and I went why are you quitting you just you don't buy presents for everyone and then you quit and uh I said did something happen did something did someone touch you attack you make you feel what's up yeah, yeah what's going on she goes no no Bill she goes look I I'm a single mom I got two kids I don't have family support I'm afraid to let you down and not show up for work so I'll stay as long as you need me until I get a replacement and then train the replacement. To me, that sounds like the person you hire. That sounds great. 1,000. I'm like, I don't want you to go. Don't, you know, but she goes, I, I, I can't guarantee I can be there for you. And so that haunted me that like, this is a woman who wants to make it, make it work, not be you know, beholden to anyone, but also stand on her own. And it just kept nagging at me. And Steve Green kept nagging at me, <laughs> you know, and you when you talk about God's will, right? I went, okay, I'm listening. I'm getting thrashed on the ground for some reason. And so, I call her up and I say, I have this opportunity to buy the subway at the lake. And I said, why don't you bring your resume and let's talk about it. And so she brings a resume. I didn't tell her it was about the subway. I said, I got an opportunity. So we meet at Denny's in town and we're talking and she starts crying. I go, why? She goes, I can do this. I've got daycare <laughs> for the kids. I said, look, number one rule is we take care of the family. You know, you're not going to get fired because Bobby's sick or Sally's sick or anything like that. You're going to come work the days that you can work and we'll do this together. So her and one of my other team members went up to Connecticut. She'd never really been to New York city. So they went to Connecticut. They went to subway university. Yeah. And oh my so, gosh. And so we, we started, we started the subway. And as it turns out, our local subway, it's a single moms club. We probably have five single moms or six single moms that work for us. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's it's wow. really cool. It's, it's such a, a great spot. I love it. We've used them for catering. Yeah, <laughs> I have. And you can get there by boat. Open. If you're yeah. on their boat yeah. in the summertime and the kids are hungry, Subway's great. So that's kind of neat. So that's kind of where we're we're using that to help kids, uh, men and women, whoever that that are a little bit harder in life that that need some extra love. So that's why that's why we do the Subway. I have an entrepreneurial question then Ooh. because you own your own business that you kind of manage yourself, but now you have a franchise. So how do you feel? Are, are there a lot of restrictions within the franchise or you still feel like you can be your own business owner under Subway's umbrella? That's a great question. And I knew going in that, no, there's right. no, you just lift your arms up and ride the flume ride down. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and that's, I knew that going in it and it's frustrating because I would do things a lot differently, but sure. I'm mandated to do it a certain yeah. way. There's not a lot of franchises in the area. I mean, in general, a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the stores, they're all just mom and pop shops, which I think is super cool for Garrett County. And that's so I just was curious if you like your experience. I, that's probably a typical. It's probably what most people say. So wait, I thought each franchise gets one spot where they can serve beer and it's not the Subway what? can't do that. Yeah, like I've like what? like like so shop and save. Listen, right? We're not in Jersey. No, no, no. Shop and save in Oakland. Can serve they alcohol. They sell beer? No, 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 no. They, yeah, don't they sell? No. Brownings does not have alcohol. No? No. This Are is you sure? This is Did you this use is your GPS to get there? <laughs> <laughs> they have they have beer signs hanging on the shop and save in Oakland. That's oh. because there's a liquor store next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for them. No, no. no. So they're promoting. You get liquor at the Tire liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's staying in. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, uh, speaking. No, no, no. Of, I asked somebody about this. I didn't. I didn't deduce this on my own. Okay, and so somebody must have lied to me. Speaking of uh, where Mike buys his beer, <laughs> the Honey Honey has always been a staple of the community, and we all have good Honey Honey stories. What is your best Honey Honey story? That's a great question. So I usually go to the Honey twice a year. Usually Memorial Day to kick off Memorial Day Monday, and then Labor Day Monday, and I'll, you know, have a couple beers. My first summer open, I was working literally 20 hours a day and I had friends come up and they're like, let's go to the Honey. I go, okay. So I go out and I have a beer and they close at like one o'clock. Well, they knew who I was. They knew I was the ice cream guy. We, one o'clock they close. All of a sudden the pitcher just ends up outside the door. <laughs> and then one thirty, another pitcher ends up you know, outside the door. And then 2.30, a pitcher ends up si- outside the door. And so I was always very grateful for them. They took care of me that night. That's so cool. There's probably a lot of people that leave the Honey Honey and come over to get ice cream from you. Uh, it's, I know I have. Oh, totally. And actually, if I'm out late night and we go back because it could be 2.30 in the morning and the lights turn on, every time we pull in and do ice cream, other people come in like, how much is it? Just come on. If yeah. I'm serving at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> it's on the house. I've never seen that. I've That'd never seen cool. that either. Can we watch that on their webcam? Yeah. Nick? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go that. It doesn't turn around that hey, way. Hey, uh, everybody out there, if you're uh, one of our first 1,000 subscribers, <laughs> you can see the webcam at the Creamery. <laughs> Bill, thanks for coming on here, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You've got a ton of great stories. Um, you've been a huge part of Deep Creek. Uh, we hope you continue to be a huge part of Deep Creek. Uh, I want you to grow and have good, but don't leave, man. No uh, way. Stick around here. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Guys. thanks.